Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job, or a loved one, or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? I remember like waking up one morning and there was like a gentleman who had slept over and um, a, there, <laughs> there was a rat in my kitchen. And I was like, this is an omen. Better than the opposite. Better than the rat being in your bed. That's and him actually being true. Which, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. Totally true. Yeah. It would be, it would actually be way worse to find a rat in your bed and then like a guy in your kitchen. That would be danger. But anyway. A gentleman, though. He was a gentleman. You just said he was a gentleman. So yeah, nice good. person. Perfect. Uh, nice person. Not going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another season of Now What? My team and I took a few weeks off to recharge. And while it was very nice to get some rest, I really missed sharing these interviews with all of you each week. Fortunately, I think my guest today was very much worth the wait. Jenny Slate. She's a writer, an actor, and a comedian. You might also know her as the co-creator and voice of the newly Oscar-nominated sensation, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Jenny is a breath of fresh air. She's authentic. She's open. And as you'll hear in just a minute, she is more than willing to talk about her many now what moments and all that she's learned from them. I am so thrilled to bring you all a piece of her story and hope that you'll come to adore her as I do. So here is Jenny Slate. 
Jenny Slate. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I was so happy when I knew that you said you said yes to doing it. <laughs> I was uh, shocked. I was shocked and excited that you would uh, like me to be here speaking to you. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm such a huge fan. Um, and first of all, before you, congratulations on an Oscar nomination. Where were you when you heard, when you got the news? Um, Thank you. And I was in bed. I was asleep finally after a night of many wake-ups with my little babe. And so I had like just gotten to sleep and I saw all these like messages flickering on my phone, but they were all text messages. And I just sort of thought... I think if it were good news, somebody would have called. Right. <laughs> I just think it's a lot of apologies. Like, I think it's my, it was my sisters. <laughs> and I was like, it's them being like, this is actually just the start of your career. Don't worry. <laughs> or something like that. I remember when it first came out, I was so immediately in love with Marcel. I just, my daughters and I, it was as if we couldn't, we just couldn't get enough, couldn't get enough of it. And um, it's funny because I don't know if you've met Ariana Grande. I have not. But she would practically only do an imitation of Marcel. <laughs> she did it. Was everything, everything she answered you, she would talk in Marcel voice. Because it was around the time I was working with her brother on something. And I would have dinner with the mom and, and the kids. And it was so cute and so funny. And she did quite, quite a good imitation. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You're saying that Ariana Grande, that she knows about Marcel the Shell? She knows about it and would do an imitation of it. So it was really kind of kind of sweet. I love that. Where did the character of Marcel come from? Well, you know what's weird is like to answer that question, like first of all, it like it just was a not even a private joke, just a random joke. Just imagine if there was something that you were doing with your friend and and suddenly like it caught on in a way that it, we didn't, we didn't even have an example for that at the time, the way that things can catch on now in kind of a viral way. And um, But at the time, I was doing a funny voice over a weekend while Dean and I were with some friends, Dean Fleischer-Camp, the director of the film and co-writer, co-creator, and also my ex-husband. We were a couple then. We were at a wedding and I had been on SNL for a year, but like you know, you get paid SAG scale. You're not like making big bucks or anything. And I had not saved any money because 30 Rock is in the same building as like um, anthropology. And (laughs) (laughs) at the time I was like, woo, like I have my, literally my first paycheck other than being, you know, a waitress or a nanny, or I made a Cascade commercial, like a couple years before then I had bit parts on TV shows, but I'd never had a consistent income. I was not responsible with it. Also had no savings. So we were sharing a hotel room with four other friends and I felt really squished. And I started talking in like this tiny voice. And um, (laughs) Dean was like, you know, I forgot to make the video for our friend's comedy show. Can I interview you in that voice? And then maybe I'll make something, like I'll animate something or something. He didn't even really know. And so he he um, interviewed me in that voice and it kind of came out that maybe I was small and it was a character kind of talking about their social life. Like one of the first things Marcel ever says is that like he didn't clean up and that his house is messy because he invited some friends from upstate to come eat salad. 
which did not make its way into the feature film. Um, but then hearing all that audio, he was like, okay, I think I could probably put together the physicality of this. And he had a lot of different like crafts stuff. And he went to the toy store in our neighborhood in Brooklyn and bought kind of like a Polly Pocket ripoff. And he glued some <laughs> eyeballs on stuff. And finally he made Marcel. And um, I came back from having lunch with a friend and there was like this little guy on the corner of the table and Marcel's really tall. He's an, an inch tall. So if you, oh. if you are a super fan and you've bought one of those age without a sneakers or with, with the sneakers, he's an inch. So even with, with the sneakers, he's an inch. Yeah. He's really okay. pushing it. Well, actually, and his shoes are like, they're like his body, like they're his feet. Yeah. No, right. I don't he want like those shoes push. to ever come off. But anyway, so he, he <laughs> like made the body and I came in and he was like, I think he's here. And I was like, Oh, He's definitely that guy. And then Dean interviewed me and it was sort of like, well, now that you know what you look like, can you say more about yourself? And I, you know, just improvised. We had also just been to France to visit where my one of my grandmothers was before she um, went into hiding um, during Holocaust and during World War II. And um, her brother's name was Marcel and it must have been top of mind. And I just said like, uh, my name is Marcel, and I'm partially a shell, as you can see on my body. And I just described the rest of myself. Oh, and he just went on, and he's so he's so earnest and honest and sincere. <laughs> and, and I was so excited when the movie <laughs> was coming out. I couldn't believe it was different having to then write a full-length feature of about him. It's sort of different and the same. I mean, it's... Actually, the story was like way too big and long. Like I think our biggest challenge was cutting it down. There, there are lots of parts of Marcel's mm -hmm. life that um, we just couldn't fit into the film. And we really had to decide like what to show about him. And what was interesting to us was like for someone who's so willing to share himself and for someone who clearly thrives off of being in conversation with an other, why is he alone? Like why is he mm -hmm. alone? And that was one of the things that we decided to try to explore. And it became more meaningful to us, especially as we separated as a couple and both found ourselves like, you know, we were in something that was sort of like, you know, coiled together or something. And now we were in our own, our two own things, like alone by ourselves. I'm curious what it's like to collaborate with someone that you are separated from, but, you know, who was your ex? You seem to have done it very well. How is How does that work? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's lots of different definitions of like doing that well, I think. I think, first of all, like we knew that our marriage was not going to keep going. And we were like, we both still want to make this movie. It was never a question. And I don't think either one of us is like a jerk, I guess. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like I, neither one of us is like, oh. and now the spotlight is mine or like, you know, these couples where they split up and one of them steals the intellectual property or something. It just, that was never <laughs> going to be us. And, and I think also like, I can only speak for myself, but I never was like, I never want to see you again. I, I mostly <laughs> was like, whoa, why did I think I would be the like right for this when like, I don't think I have the right things to offer to this person, but I do think that I have the right things to offer them in a creative partnership. Right. So, so that's good. But I'll also say, like, we have good boundaries. It's not like, like, if I'm to get a text from Dean, you know, we text back and forth. We have, like, a funny, fun relationship. But, like, 
I wouldn't say we're best friends. I, I would say like we're super good creative partners and that we just developed into knowing how much space to give each other. And I don't really feel like there was a lot of conscious, like, let's sit down and let's be like really, really evolved about this. I actually think we just were so careful, like walking on like the thinnest ice or something, just like really making sure like your footstep itself, let's say, is not too warm to melt the surface, you know? Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Marcel is obviously the product of an extremely creative person. So I'm really curious to know what you were like as a kid. Like, did you have imaginary friends? I had a lot of imaginary personas. Like, I think I've always been an actor um, and always wanted to be one, too. But, like, I didn't have an imaginary friends, but I... Um, was deep into imaginary play, deep into playing characters, you know, like just full four-hour afternoons of pretending to be a a princess who was like rejected from her castle and had to like win it back from her like evil, you know, stepmother or something Uh like just sort of a version of whatever, whatever fairy tale I might've heard. And I really like to deeply get into that. Um, My sisters and I had a game that we would play 
called Dana and Susan. And it was about um, two women named Dana and Susan who lived in the the Ritz-Carlton in New York. And we we lived in Massachusetts and we had never been to New York, but um, <laughs> we lived in the Ritz-Carlton and we both had husbands and we would like just talk about our husbands, which now I think is like a crazy game. And if I, <laughs> if I caught my daughter doing it, I'd be like, where did you learn this? But um, I, <laughs> we just like, we were ladies. I think we were like kind of emulating my mom's first cousins and the women that we would see like at Rosh Hashanah and all the Jewish holidays. I love that. One thing about you I, that I really find fascinating, and you've spoken about this as well, is that you have really severe stage fright. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that feels like and how you ward it off? <sighs> and has it ever happened at the most inopportune moment? Um, I still get it. I, I sort of have tried everything to get rid of it, including like getting hypnotized and push myself to sort of hit marks of achievement for a, for a stand-up comedian. Like I I made a, I made an hour-long stand-up special for Netflix. In fact, I'm about to make another one and um, it haunts me. <laughs> um, what it feels like to me is I have absolutely no assurances that I'm going to be able to do my job. I can't, when I have stage fright, connect to the part of me that drums up and really inhabits this power. I can't find it at all. And I start to think it's not there. It's not there. And everybody's going to see me fail. And they're going to be um, really disturbed by me because they're going to like, I'm going to force them to watch me fail. And they're going to really hate me for that. And um, I think it's actually gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't really know that I, that it, this is like, I need to keep doing this. I, I'm not sure that I'm going to ever get past it. And it's a strange thing to say, but like the more I get into my, my parenting and my motherhood and like connecting to a kind of love that I only thought was for other people or something like I had never really experienced it like this, the less I actually kind of need to earn it. Which is interesting because I want to get to becoming a mom in a minute, but I'm also interested in how you decided that you wanted to make this your career, make comedy your career. And I'm curious as to when you knew you wanted to be that and what did, what was that going to look like for you in your dreams? I always wanted to be an actor. I, I wanted to be an actress. I didn't want to be a stand-up comedian at all. And in fact, I didn't grow up watching any. I, I just wanted to be like Judy Garland. And I, you know, I wanted to be like I don't know, like Sid Charisse. Like I, I like I, I wanted to be like that. <laughs> she had her legs insured. <laughs> yeah, I really like I just was like, I don't know, I want like a petticoat and like I wanna be in stuff where I'm like in a corset that like my sisters are lacing up and they're like, We're going to the dance. Like I just thought I know all the anything I saw was from the library. It was all those like technicolor, like Brigadoon and Meet Me in St. Louis and like things like that. And um it never occurred to me that there were different kinds of actors. It it uh, that there was genre, and then I got I became aware of like Lily Tomlin and majorly of like Madeline Kahn and Carol oh. Burnett, and I was just like, wait, what is that? What's that about? And when I got to college, I started doing improv, and it was just so easy. It was just so fun. And when I graduated from college, my best friend Gabe Liedman and I became a comedy duo, just as a way for people to see us and think of us for acting parts. Mm. And then when I was doing a comedy show, 
um, the director Gillian Robespierre saw me and she was planning to make a short film about a comedian who, well, actually about just about a woman who like gets an, gets pregnant by mistake and has an abortion. And was that obvious child or no? Yeah, that, that became obvious child. I love that. It's one of my favorite oh. movies of yours. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm glad you've seen it. And I think it's, I think it's a really great thing for people to watch now because it's romantic and it's, it's lovely. And it also like shows a safe and legal abortion with a woman who makes that choice um, without like having to just like assess her entire life and decide whether or not she's good or bad. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) something people need to see. And I think that Gillian saw me as a leading lady. And before that, I was like, I don't think anyone ever will. Like, I'll just be always like playing the funny friend. Okay, so then at what point does SNL come in? Because a lot has been made of your experience on that show. So I I made the short film of Obvious Child. Um, and then I, at the same time, was like trying to write a one person, a one woman show, which I always kind of thought, I like thought they were sort of like embarrassing and like, here I am, like, just like really like, I don't know, like, like, <laughs> like theater dork or something. And um, at the time I, you know, God forbid I'd be dorky. Um, and, but I was like, you know, I want to maybe see if I could, I didn't even think about being on SNL. I just thought maybe someone from like Comedy Central will see me maybe I'll just get better commercials. Like I just wanted to be able to work more. And I was like, I'm not going to be in an off Broadway play of like the seagull or whatever. Like no one's going to put me in some checkoff. I've got to figure out how to just get on stage and do what I think I'm good at, which by the way, is the only way that I've ever had any success is to isolate the incredibly specific thing that I am good at that only I could describe and just do it for like seven people and, and like hope that some people see it. And sometimes they didn't, sometimes they did. But so I performed a one woman play that took place at my funeral. If I had died right then as, as like a 26 year old eccentric millionaire And so I eulogized myself in like all these different characters. And John Mulaney, the comedian who is a friend of mine, was already working on SNL. And he happened to be at like the, I think the very first show. And so he told the casting person and she was at the second show. And so by the second show, I had an audition. And then I got my like callback for SNL. And then I got on that show and, um, and my career kind of like began or so I thought, but then it kind of like just sort of took a nosedive almost immediately because I said, swear on my first show by mistake, which is like a personal nightmare for me. Cause I hate getting in trouble. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Just man, kidding. Really fucked up. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's what happened. Well, I don't think I got fired for saying fuck. And I think people might think that if they're still thinking about it, I mean, it's been literally a decade and who cares, but No, I think generally, like, I got really squirrely after that happened. It was sort of like, you don't realize that you're, like, living on the edge until suddenly you, like, almost fall off it. And then you're like, whoa, I'm on live TV. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. And, like, I am a fragile person, actually. Like, I have incredible resilience. But, like, it's a bit like a sorority fraternity in there. I am not meant to be in there. And I don't mean that to be like derogative at all. I just mean like the rules of the interior culture of that place are really specific. Um, the power structure is really specific. I definitely tried to like bow down to it. But I I think if you're a creative person and deep in your whatever you want to call it, your spirit, 
you don't believe in what you are saying is your master or your authority, you're not going to do your best work. And I think if you're like me, even even though I am I, I self-admittedly totally fragile, you're going to be like, I, I revolt. Do you think your comedy fit in? Do you think that that was a brand of comedy that no. made? No, not at all. But I also think the way that I make my comedy is by getting a ton of encouragement, not by being like starved out and like being like wide eyed and being like, do you love me, daddy? To like someone who's not even your dad. Like, I don't even understand the relationship with Lauren. I, I really wanted him to like me. I, I'm not someone who benefits from tough love or from deprivation. And I, I I understand there's a point at which like performers push through and then they're given the go ahead and the writers write for them. And the weirdest thing is that like all of those people are nice people, but as a collective, I think there was something for me that felt really bad and it really hurt my confidence. And, you know, I was like deeply humiliated to get fired, but like a billion trillion percent, it is the best Thing that ever happened to me ever 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 Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. So I named the show Now What? Because I'm interested in those moments that sort of devastate us and throw us off course, you know, and how you get through them. And for you to say that this was the best thing that could have ever happened 
undoubtedly didn't feel like that at the time. But how did that experience shape the way you decided to go forward in the trajectory of your own career? I think I've had twin experiences in this in my professional, you know, creative life and in my romantic life. You're a fool if you think that you are going to evaporate your injury. If something is big enough to hobble me creatively or to break my very alive heart, then that means it was big. And I think the way that I've gotten through it both times is by being like, you just have to do the movement that you can do that will not exacerbate your emotional injury. But you cannot stay still. You cannot fossilize in the posture of the moment where you were taken down. That is absolutely not the way to live, not for me at least. And so like after SNL, I I started auditioning again. I made myself do stand-up even though my stage fright was like exponentially worse. And sometimes I really failed. But like, yeah, there is no like symmetrical justice that came in that was like, oh, you found out you got fired on Deadline Hollywood because no one even called you because <laughs> they think you are like, so low worth. Well, now like someone like a fancy producer is going to ride in and give you your own show. Like nobody cared. The only person that cares or knows that I'm d- this deeply injured is me. And so after SNL, I just was like, just find a way, just like keep performing again, keep being social. Don't treat yourself like you're an outcast. Nobody wants you to be that. Nobody has it out for you. But also I was like, remember that you never have to feel this badly ever again. Everything else that I will ever kind of encounter is like, it is a job in a life. You know, even if it seems like really important or cool to me, like it is the job. And I just, I was like, I will never forgive the expression, but like, I will never eat shit like this again. There is absolutely no way. If I feel bad, I'm leaving. And then the, you know, I also learned after my divorce, going into other relationships and being so freaked out and being in relationships, I should, I should have just like been by myself. Like truly, I should have, I should have done the eat, pray, love thing or whatever. <laughs> like, I just should have gone somewhere oh, and like slurped a bunch of spaghetti and just like stared into a canal. That would have been much better for me. But I chose things I wasn't ready for. And it's in my, in my book, I wrote a book called Little Weirds and there's a piece in there called Creed. And it's about like, I don't need to be in uh, relational experiences, like where I feel like I'm, I'm crouching in a small environment when I'm like, I'm bigger. Like I'd rather be my own size emotionally and be by myself than be like, getting like little meager morsels from someone who doesn't understand me. And I was like, you never have to feel like this again. It might be that you are like single alone forever, but like, no. <laughs> but you know, you, you've, oh my God, you've said so many things just in this last, I mean, throughout the whole chat, but that focus just as a performer, because you get knocked down so many more times yeah. than you, you get held up. Right. Yeah. And Everybody also wants to have these moments and make them be this 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 huge, huge thing. And they feel that way at the time, but they're part of such a bigger, bigger story. And for you to be able to just knowingly and still with an open heart 
refuse to not try again and be Judy Garland looking over the rainbow. You know what I mean? And in a way, what a beautiful, what a beautiful now what moment. And I think it's really important. And during COVID, you've had, you've had such, what a, what a year. I mean, your heart was open enough to get married again and then have a child. How did you know you wanted to be a parent? And what has that, how has that changed you when you actually realized you are the mother of this little human being I, who uh, has unconditional love for you, by the way? Uh, the thing that you talk about yeah. wanting. Oh my gosh. I know. It was, I mean, I already like, I have like some new stand up about how like I just so desperately want my daughter to like me that I like, she throws food on the floor and I'm like, I love that. That's so cool. Like I just, I'm like, I'm just like pissed <laughs> up because um, I think she's so cool. Um, I I mean, when I met my husband, it was after that, as you might, what you call, I guess, a now what moment. And so a friend introduced us and um, we wrote a couple emails to each other, um, but then we just fell out of touch. And then I was writing my book and I was like, a lot of pieces were taken from ideas that I had had in the few emails I had written to him. And I, I wrote mm. to him and I was like, you know, it seems like, cause we had sort of tried to have a romantic start and it just didn't take off. And, um, I was like, maybe you're not like into me or we're not right for each other that way. But I've got to say, I really like you. And it's really weird to me that you're not my friend because there is something about when I interact with you that it just is like pure goodness. And I, I really get into like speaking and thinking things that are incredibly exciting and important to me. And he was sort of like, oh yeah, no, no, no. We should definitely be friends. Um, it's weird that we're not. And then of course we like immediately fell in love, but I did not know if I wanted to have children. Um, and then I met my husband and he really wanted to have children. And he is a completely unique person. I've never met anyone like him, man or woman. And I just was like, uh, absolutely certain that not only would he be a good father, but that like, if I were to have a baby, that he would be there for me. Because I was like, I am not exploding my vagina and like putting my mind through like chemical hormone, like roller coaster at best with someone who's not going to understand that I'm doing all of that while they're not. And that's hard for them because yeah. they're also not taught it. You know, I mean, I think that's a whole other kind of podcast, but it is very true because a lot of what 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 you do experience, they don't know. And yeah. they're and and it you, it also takes us telling them, please be open to this, but this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. And so that's a I mean, that's part of the communication of 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 a relationship where children become a part of it. Um so okay, so you find out you're having a little girl. Well, we got engaged and then um, and then I got pregnant kind of just like a few months after that. But actually, well, actually what happened was we got engaged and we planned our wedding for June of 2020. And we were like, oh, that's well, we'll probably like, <laughs> we were like, well, this thing will probably be over by then. Right. Like in March, <laughs> we were like, I don't know, like, should we cancel it? Should I? <laughs> and then I was also planning on starting like fertility treatments because I went to a mm-hmm. fertility doctor. I was I was about to turn 38 at the time. And I had never had an unplanned pregnancy. So I'd never been pregnant. And I was like, 
maybe I can't be like, it kind of seems like I should have actually at this point. So I, and I was told that it would, <laughs> can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the doctor was kind of like, you're really going to need to, you're going to need to do fertility. You don't have a lot of like follicles left. It's not going to happen. And I was, I was so blown away by that. And I was going to start that process when the lockdown happened and no quote unquote elective procedures could be done. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was suddenly so scared, like something I wasn't ever sure that I wanted. I wanted it so badly. And I felt, yeah, like very, very sad. And then my husband and I did this, like we drove from LA to Massachusetts in about three days just to try to like make it to Massachusetts and lock down there. And um, on the night that we got there, I guess I must have gotten pregnant. <laughs> like, I just can't believe it. <laughs> like, two weeks later, I woke up at dawn and I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And it was just this weird feeling. And I took four pregnancy tests and they all said yes. And then when my husband woke up, I waited for him to, like, go to the bathroom. And I was like, I'll just wait till he gets out. But then I, like, burst in holding the four pregnancy tests the way that people hold, like, cards in poker when they have, like, a good... <laughs> I don't play poker, but when it's, like, you know, a flush or, like, a whatever. And I, like, came in and I was like, look! And I just showed him and I just remember his face. It was, like, the he was so happy. Oh, I'm I'm so happy for you. Has, has, what kind of little girl is she? <laughs> She's very social. She's brave. She's incredibly, um, like, warm. She loves um, things that are soft. She likes, like, especially, she thinks it's, like, hilarious that animals have tails. And, like, every time she sees any animal's tail, she wants to point it out. And I actually also feel that way about animals' tails. Um, she's she's really affectionate. Um, she loves, like, salty things like pickles and olives. Um, she's really mischievous. A lot of my friends say she looks like a shattuck, but she acts like a slate. Well, she's lucky to have you as parents, you as a mama. I I love what you're putting out into the world. Uh, and I just thank you for taking the time to be on this, on this podcast. You're a delight and Aww. I'm excited to see whatever is next for you. And I wish you the best. And thank you. I also just want to say like, I have been a fan of yours for my entire life. And um, uh, I I just kind of like- That's possible because I'm 57. No, I'm like, well, that, that always sounds bad when people say that to me. Like when they're like, I watched Marcel no. when I was a baby. And I'm like, oh, you go fuck yourself. But um, I, <laughs> but no, but no, not at all. In fact, I, I, I appreciate it. But I just mean to say like, it is very meaningful to me that you would turn your eye on me and you are someone that I see- in in our culture as a, a a person of extraordinary talent and beauty and your and such intelligence but also like real realness i could have stayed in this conversation for hours and i thrive on encouragement i don't thrive because i have some like weird well of confidence i i thrive relationally and uh, much like a plant needs water and sun and you were really that sunshine for me so thank you so much That was the delightful Jenny Slate. If you want to hear more from her, check out her book. It's called Little Weirds. And if you're like me and you love Marcel the Shell, do yourself a favor and watch Jenny's Oscar-nominated film, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's on Prime, Apple TV, and 
in theaters. That is it for today. Thank you for listening. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.